Uh, the day that I've dreaded this whole week has finally come. Uh, you all know. You all know what's going on. WSU toppled the Beavers. Uh, we were led astray. Uh, they put a blindfold over our eyes, soaked me down, and left me out to dry. And here we are. So, uh, you're getting one bald stripe. You stay for the rest of the show, and then you see the end of the hair gone. All right? That's a deal. Let's get into it. Get it over with. You're all loving this, huh, WSU? Aren't you? <laughs> Dude, there's so much hair. A lot, of, a lot of hair for the razor to get there. Oh, my God, dude. What's up, Regan and Ryan in the chat? Uh, Yeah, I had nightmares about this too, Regan. Been up every night. I feel like Regan's the only one that understands what it's like to take a man's hair from him. I say, leave it at that. Make them come back if they want to see the rest here at the end. <laughs> yep. That's sufficient enough. All right. Um, well, uh, let me uh, let's get into it. Get us back here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What it's like to be a Beavers fan. Yeah, let's hop into this. Let's hop into this. Give people what they really Have, want. What went wrong this week? Why are you. Why do you have to have a stripe down your head? Who are you attributing this to? Uh, I mean, we've said it week after week after week after week. The defense, dude, the defense. Not only did the defense play absolutely horrible the whole game, they have an opportunity to make a stop in the fourth quarter. We get the ball back with a pretty significant amount of time left to give Jebbia and Jefferson the opportunity to go down the field and do what they've been doing all game and first play first play run up the middle touchdown what are you going to do you know so I, I put all of this on the defense and not just the defense but the defensive coordinator I I need to know what is going on on the defensive end because it, it, even in the beginning with that first interception, like you, you had hope for that defense. You had hope that maybe for once in Beaver history that the defense would step up and actually contribute to the game. But then it like a roller coaster went straight down and it never went back up. Have, let me put it to you this way. We went into this game. I talked last year on the crossover episode 
about the keys to this game, and they, Washington State, rightfully so, the game was on Borgie, right? Borgie was going to win this game. He's going to show he's great. Borgie's announced out before the game starts on Saturday. I go, that's huge for us. I was most worried about that rushing attack. Borgie's out. We should be able to handle the run, right? No. They ran for, their starting running back ran for 147 yards on 18 carries. We're giving up over eight yards of play on runs right up the middle, on halfback dives. They're not even reversing it. It's right up the middle, and we were getting bullied. We looked like a straight JV high school team trying to stop the varsity team. It was embarrassing, the fact that we have Division One players, we have Pac-12 athletes, and they are getting ran. They're literally giving up 10 yards of carry. At the end of the game, all we need is a stop, get the ball back. Like you said, 40-yard touchdown run. Oh, yeah. 40-yard touchdown run. And just for anybody that didn't watch the game, let's let everybody know. 40-yard touchdown run on first and 10. Literally not even a chance, not a fourth down stop. No, no, no. First play of that possession, straight up the middle. Like they were doing it all game. Like you would think that maybe something in the head of our defensive coordinator or Jonathan Smith would just click like they've been doing this all game. It's not even their starting running back. The star of that team is out, and we're still giving up over 100, 100 plus yards to a guy that before this game, before Borgie got injured, I, I didn't even know the guy's name. McIntosh said, hi, you thought, yeah. Yeah, he did, Ryan. Yeah, he did. And it's upsetting. I mean, look at my freaking head, guy. Look at my head. I'm beyond furious. I'm Stephen A. Smith mad at this point. Stephen A. Smith Scott, mad. We have a playing a freshman quarterback, true freshman, first time ever playing on a college field. Not only that, but he's paired with a brand new head coach. First game that he's ever coached for Washington State. And they're without their best player. And they're on the road. And game it was a 10-point game, but it did not really feel that close because I had no hope. The entire time we were on defense, I I don't know why I let myself get my hopes up in the first place. I don't know. I don't understand why. I've seen 40 years of Oregon State football now. Three years, I guess, but this is my fourth year. Why did I think for some reason our defense would not be anything different than what it's been in the past? Yeah, and, and one, one of the biggest things that we talked about going into this game was the fact that OSU has the tendency to always get down early and not play a full football game. We see that in the second half, they put up a lot of points. But you can't like you can't just play one half of football. It's not possible to win a game playing one half of football. And I would love to just blame all of this on the defense. But, I mean, let's be honest. The offense wasn't doing much either. Jebby had a pretty solid game for his first actual start here at OSU. Yeah. Jefferson played out of his mind like we needed him to. But the rest of the offense, there was nothing there. The defense was on the field the majority of the time because the offense couldn't advance the ball and put points on the board and just keep the offense on the field for as long as they can. That offensive line, a few weeks back, we talked about that offensive line and how we graduated so many guys and all these new guys are going to have to step up. Watching that game, Jebby would drop back in the pocket and immediately get swarmed. Watching that game hurt because I knew if he had the time, there maybe could have been more things that he could have done. But when you have two seconds to throw the ball, like literally hike, and then there's defensive linemen in your face, it's not possible to run an offense that way. And I, 
does it come down to Jonathan Smith and his coaching? Does does it come down to the offensive coordinator? Does it come down to the offensive lineman? I don't know. I, I don't know. It, it's definitely something that needs to be looked at in the future because this team isn't going to win a single game this season if the defense and the offense keeps playing so out of sync like that. No, it's ridiculous. And the fact is, I want to put this – I'm right with you. I want to put this on Jebbia to some degree, but it's really not fair to do it to him. He gave us the opportunity to win. And I think for a first time playing in a game, really, as a name starter, he played as well as we can expect him to play. This is what I want to ask you. Obviously, the defense will lost to this. Lost us that game in many respects. But was it coaching? Was it our players? What specifically lost us that game? Well, I mean, it looked like the players came out to play. If we're being honest, even in the beginning, the defense, when, when they had got that first interception against Delora, I really thought that this might be, you know, the first year that the defense finally came together and, and did it. The offense, they came out a little bit slow, but they still came out like they're ready to play. Jefferson came out ready to play. I, yeah, I, great. Looked like his freshman yourself. I want to blame it on the coach. The coach is in general. I mean, and we'll get that to this in the next point. I really want to blame this on the defensive coordinator. Like that is my top priority right now is if you're going to be the defensive coordinator for a team that struggles on defense, you have to come up with schemes that are going to be better than that. You have to come up with something that's going to be better than letting their backup running back run up the middle for a 40 yard touchdown to ice the game. He doesn't score that touchdown. There's still an opportunity, one, for the Beavers to win that game, and two, for me to not have a bald stripe down my head. So, I mean, it's just ridiculous that – and I know that they probably don't listen to Beaver Dash. I hope they do, and I hope if you're watching this, maybe you make some changes to your defense because right now it is absolutely god-awful. It's painful to watch. I, I can't take it. I, at this point, I just – I don't understand how a team can be so awful on defense for so long. I'm seeing in the chat right now, good friend Ryan Root over at Washington State. He's saying to fire Smith. I don't agree with that per se. I'm not going to gun for this guy's job. He's been here for three years, took a worse team out of any Power Five conference, and made us respectable last year, five and seven. I'm not going to say fire him. I don't think that's, I don't think that's right. I don't think that's fair to him. Obviously, it's one game, but I want to see something change on defense because every time I've been here, the last three years at Oregon State, I have seen probably three games maybe, three or four games, that we've had a really solid defensive performance. And luckily, one of them last year was against Washington. We'll get into that. But it's just, it's blasphemy. I mean, the one guy that I feel like we haven't addressed, and I think he does deserve kind of sort of some of the blame, but it's, it's Hamilcar. He is supposed to be the first-round pick potentials, one of the best outside edge rushers in all of college football. He had two tackles, zero sacks, zero um, quarterback hurries last that game. Where is he? I want to know why. What, either they're just scheming him out of that, but if he's getting that much, if he's getting two offensive linemen to him every game, why do we not have one more player or another guy who can get to the quarterback on their own? It's It was disappointing to see Hamilcar with all the hype that we've been building for him, all the hype everyone's talking about. It was disappointing to basically him be a non-factor in that game. Yeah, and I mean – the. Like you said, the dude is going to be a first-round pick. That's not a question. But like, how can you how can you just go ghost in a game where you're not playing one of the top teams? Like, granted, I think the Beavers are good. I do. I know honestly, I know the Beavers are good, and I know that they can play a good game of football. Washington State proved to me that they are also a pretty good football team with the new coaching staff and the new players that they have. 
but they're not top of the Pac-12. And if you're going to go ghost in a game against a team that's bottom half of the Pac-12 alongside us, how do you expect to win any games? How do you expect to get any recognition? How do you expect to get any looks to go in the NFL? Just because you're a big athletic guy, like if you can't show up in bottom tier Pac-12 games, what do you expect when you get to the NFL? You go ghost in the NFL like that, you're losing your job. All right. Like at that point, you're losing your job. You're losing your contract. It, it blows me away that a guy that has such high regard for this defense and is pretty much known around the country for being the best defensive player on Oregon State and one of the best defensive players in all of college football. And he can't do a single thing against Washington State and their rookie rookie quarterback, rookie coach. It, it just blows my mind that he could suddenly just take himself out of a game like that. Yeah, it's. It's sad to say. I think you hit the no. I think you hit the nail right on the head right there. I won't go too far. Instead, let's dive into a little bit previewing next week's game. Going into next week, who has the most pressure on them? Is it Jibia? Is it Coach Smith? Who has the most pressure for the Beavers this week? Because if you ask me, I'm not expecting us to win necessarily. Beginning of the year, I said this is a winnable game. After that first week one performance, I'm not as hopeful. I'm not as optimistic. But I expect us to compete. I expect us to go out there and actually put something on the field that looks like a Power 5 conference football def- defense, you know? I don't want to see us just have no hope. Every single time we're on defense, they're just going to run the ball down our throats the entire time. So who is facing the pressure this week, and what do you? what's your overall expectation for this game? I, everybody's default, you know, scapegoat is going to be the head coach. In this case, I would like to say to everybody out there that beaver nation that thinks that it's jonathan smith's fault it is 100 not jonathan smith's fault it's on the defensive coordinator tim tim tebasar is absolutely on the hot seat and if i mean if you do if you're looking at the defense and i know that we keep talking about defense 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 but listen up folks that's what the show is going to be about because if you were watching that game against washington state you know that the biggest problem on this team is the defense He's on the hot seat, man. Like, if you can't bring your defense together to play a team that is supposed to be, quite honestly, pretty close to Oregon State, Mm -hmm. at this point, now that they beat us, I will say that, you know, they're a better football team. They played a way better football game than us. But they're supposed to be a close enough team in the Pac-12 for us to at least have a fighting chance. And it seemed like we were scraping and scraping and scraping that whole game. And the reason it – sorry to cut you off there, but the reason it makes me so mad is because – We've had good defensive games before. Granted, not very often, but last year against Oregon, we put up a great defensive showing against them. I don't get why when we're playing these bottom-tier teams, it's not – it looks like we just choose not to show up. I'm, last year, these were the points – the amount of points we gave up in our games. Against Portland State, we gave up – or that, sorry, that was the wrong year. Oklahoma State, we gave up 52 points. Hawaii, 31. Cal Poly, a team we should destroy, give up seven. Good job. Stanford, 31. UCLA, 31. Utah, 52. California, 17. That was one of the good games. Arizona, 38. Arizona State, 34. Washington State, 54. If those are numbers, you have one of those above 35 a season if you want to be a competitive team. That's basically every single game. Giving up 38 in week one, it just it's not instilling a lot of hope in me. With that being said, I do kind of think this pressure's on Smith because – the head coach, he's the one who put that defensive coordinator in place. I want – I don't want to – I'm a believer in Johnson Smith. I said no matter what he does this year, unless we're absolutely horrible, he his job should be secured. This year, I think his job is secured, but I need to see something from him. 
that is indicative that he's trying to win games, taking the measures necessary to put us in a position to win. It seems like, in my experience, he's a great offensive guy. I mean, that's his background, QB coach, offensive coordinator, head coach. He needs to show that he's head coach level on the defensive side of the football. And I don't, I don't, he hasn't done it yet in his time here. And I'd like to see some changes be made in that regard. Yeah. And when it, I mean, when it comes down to it, you're the head coach, you have the final say, regardless of what your defensive coordinator wants to do, what your offensive coordinator wants to do, what your special teams coach wants to do. You have the final say. If your defense is playing like garbage, you need to sort the good parts out of that garbage. And at this point, I'm starting to think that the defensive coordinator isn't the right guy for the job. And maybe Jonathan Smith picked the wrong guy. I don't I don't know. I at this point, I just the reason it's so disheartening from a fan perspective is we have a guy like Hamilcar. We have the probably the best linebacking core in the Pac-12. It that's Washington State's words. Not they said we had one of the best, but we had we have personnel to win. And I don't want to give the players off and he's, I don't want to let them off easy because I don't think what Hamilcar did was acceptable. I think he needs to be better by himself. But, dude, we have talent, and that's the product they're putting out there. It's, it's I don't know, it's very sad to see. But that being said, on the offensive side of the football, who, if anyone, do you think is facing pressure this week? Do you think there's pressure on Jibia? Or what was your overall thoughts on his performance on Saturday? Uh, the guy played well. I mean, if you, I, I don't have his stats written down here, but I mean, the guy played really, really, really well for his first time starting. Uh, if you wanted to pull those up, just to let everybody know. Yeah. But I mean, he did what he could with the time that he had while he was in the pocket. My, on the offensive side, my hot seat this week is the offensive line because that was an, a, it was an abysmal performance. It was the same as the defense. Jebby would drop back and literally had no time to throw the ball. He was rushing his passes. And even for a guy that didn't have a lot of time in the pocket, he still completed a lot of passes. He had a lot of yards and he had one touchdown. I mean, I mean if you want to go ahead and, and read out those stats. Yeah. Quick. I mean, you, you hit it on the head. He got sacked four times. He got sacked four times. And that doesn't even begin to demonstrate how much pressure he's actually facing. Because every single throw, we couldn't even get a throw 25 yards down the field because the receivers, by the time they're 20 yards down, He's getting hit. That being said, with all that being said, Jibia still was 34 for 48, 329 yards and a tutty. That's not bad. And I think especially, yeah, like Ryan said, in the second half, he looked he looked pretty good. He figured out, I think that first half was a lot of jitters, the reason he wasn't making some of the throws he normally should make. And I'm not, I was a guy, obviously, I was saying start Nolan, start Nolan. But I think Jibia showed us that he is the man for the job. I think he is a competent quarterback. I think he can do enough to put us in a position to win, which is all I think you can expect out of him. You have a guy throwing the ball 48 times and every single time he has two seconds to throw it. That's, I mean, I'm surprised he played as well as he did, if I'm being honest with you. No. Yeah. And I, but I mean, you, you got to look at it. You have to look at it from this perspective. What I said last week was the key, the top key to winning that game was for the defense and the offense to be in sync. And that clearly just wasn't how it was. The offense was doing well, but it was because of Jefferson. And and, and everybody watching that game knew that it was because of Jefferson. But if, yeah. if, if you combine that defense playing well and you combine the way that Jebby played, even with the jitters in the first half and the way Jefferson played, we win that game. But there was no synchronicity between both sides of the ball. And that's what, that's what the biggest downfall of the game was. And that's why I'm still saying that the offensive line – 
and the defense are on the hot seat on both sides of the field. It's because if you can't put defensive stops together and you can't block the guys trying to get to your quarterback, how are you going to win a football game? You're just not. Yeah. Yeah. With that being said, you talked about the keys to last week's game. Let's quickly move on. I know we're saving five minutes at the end so you can shave your head. So we got about five more minutes of airtime. What are the three keys for the Beavers to win this week? My, my can, three, can, yeah, go for it. Go for it. My three keys for this week were if they want to win, Jefferson needs another big game. We need this guy to play like that every single game of the whole season. Number two, Jebby needs to settle down and take his time. And I know that I met, I have been harping on the offensive line that they're not giving him enough time. But like you said in the second, and how Ryan said in the chat, in the second half, he settled down. He started figuring out what was going to happen. He knew the pressure was coming. He knew it was inevitable. So he found a way around it. If he can do that from the beginning of the game against Washington, I think we have a really good chance. My third point, and I have it written down here, and I'm going to read it word for word. Defense, defense, defense. For the love of God and all that is holy, defense. That's 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 my, that honestly should have been my number one. I should have said that first, but I just wanted to save it for the end. The defense is what's killing us, man. And, and I know that we're running in a circle here talking about defense, but I mean that's what needs to be done. The defense is abysmal. Until they can pick it up, I don't think that they're going to win a single game this season, let alone beat Washington, who is, you know, a couple strides ahead of Washington oh, State. Yeah, the upper half of the Pac-12 for sure, I would say. I'm right there with you. We have basically the same keys. It's really interesting because we didn't collab. We don't collab on these keys for a reason because we want to get each other's unique perspectives. But my three keys were literally, number one, feed Jamar, give him the ball, let him run the offense. I felt at times we went away from him for no real reason because he was solid. He was electric all night. Feed him. I want him getting 20, 25 carries minimum. Secondly, Hamilcar, please do not go ghost. Hamilcar, show the nation, show the Pac-12 why you are the best linebacker in the conference. Please show up, do something great. And then lastly, don't look like a JV football team trying to stop the run. That would be that would be ideal. If we could just maybe, instead of giving up eight and a half yards per carry, maybe if we could just lower that to six yards a carry, that would be a big step, and we'd still look awful doing that. So... I think we're right on the same page. With that being said, Hef, I'm not sure if you saw the spread, but Washington is favored to beat us by two touchdowns. Do you think that's fair? Do you think that's too high? Do you think that's too low? I honestly can't say that it's too high or too low. I think it's it's right around where I think it would be. I don't expect the defense to really do much in a matter of a week unless you know they got to practice after that Washington State game and learned how to play defense in five, six days. I mean, I don't know. But I do think that that, that, that that might be the perfect amount, you know, for the spread to be because, like I said, they're strides ahead of Washington State, and yeah. we couldn't even stop a true freshman quarterback. I mean, what are you going to do against an experienced Huskies team? The, the thing that I just keep coming back to is every time I try to think of a positive, like, oh, well, Washington State has always had a great offense. They've, always, like, they've, they've had a good offense over the past few years. They had a brand-new coach. A freshman QB and their best player wasn't playing, and they embarrassed us on that side of the ball. Yeah. It, it's it's tough. The thing I will say, I'm not taking the Beavers to win this one, but I do think we cover the spread. I think we end up losing this one, I want to say 42-35 maybe. I think we can put up some – I think we can, our offense is going to look nice. I think we lose in a shootout. But maybe, I don't know. I'd rather 
see that, then I'll blow out. So I guess start, maybe it's just time for us to accept. We've tried to be the most optimistic Beaver fans in the world, and maybe it's just time to accept that we're a baseball school and we're not going to become a football school. But, uh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Um, we'll see how it goes. I, I mean, I don't really have a final prediction for the final score because I don't know what is going to happen in this game. But I will say that I don't expect the Beavers to score more than two touchdowns this game. I think they only get 14 points, maybe a field goal, maybe put up 17 points. I just don't see it happening. Well, with that being said, Half, I think let's give the people what they want to see. I'm going to let you right. shave the rest of your head. And as you're doing that, I'm going to go ahead and read some of these stats from the game that is the reason why you're put in this position in the first place. Neville Harris, 5'9", 180-pound wide receiver, has a All we had to do, get a stop. All we had to do, get a stop. And Harris, 40-yard touchdown. He had one sack in the entire game. One sack. With our linebacking core, we get one sack. Taff, you're looking nice, by the way. Thank you. Lamar gets us three touchdowns. We still lose by 10 points. All we have to do is give him the ball and he'll score every time. He had five receptions on top of that for 50 yards. For anyone in the chat, I would love to hear. I know we got some Washington State people in here. Love to hear your guys' predictions for this week. Throw out what you guys think the score of our game will be, and also. Let me know what you guys think is going to be the final for your guys' game this week. Dude, I thought I almost cut my eyebrow off. Ooh. You're like Danny Brown. <laughs> well, Jacob, you might be right. You might be right. But maybe if we do, then we have another entertaining show of me and half crying over here. 42 to 7. 42 to 7. We only lost 19-7 last year. Keep in mind, but I'm not going to vouch for this team. I'm not going to vouch for them. (laughs) 
I like that, Cody. I like it. I'm a. I think that uh, you guys just got to become honorary Oregon State fans if we can somehow beat UW this year. If we can beat UW, I want you. I need one of you. I need some Oregon State love. I need one of you guys to do something for us if we can beat Washington for you guys. Because you know what, we already gave you guys your first dub of the season. You embarrassed us. We made your new quarterback look great. If we can reverse all that, beat your rival. I want to see. Uh, I want to see you guys showing some love to the Oregon State in the future. Yeah, that's all. That's all hurts right there. I gotta. Gotta applaud the man. Yeah, you got uh, you got one minute, so why don't you leave, let the people see this, send us out, and then uh, finish that job up after. <sighs> well, I look like I just got out of a fire. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, sorry, folks, couldn't get it cut in time. Let me give you a little look at where we're at, though. I mean, it's like a small dog. Oh, my God. It's like a small dog, man. That's a lot of hair. Uh. You know, shout out Ryan, shout out Cody, shout out WSU. Good game. You got me. I'm a betting man. I keep my uh, keep my word. So, uh, yeah, that this has been Beaver Dash. Thank you for coming and watching uh, me shave my head after this defeating loss. Uh, hey, thanks, Jacob. I am a stud for this one. Uh, <laughs> well, we have columns published exclusively with our partner Sports Pack 12 and you can find them at sportspack12.com, or you can follow them on Twitter at sportspack12. Uh, if you want to see some streams and other dashes from people such as Jacob or Ryan, um, Sammy at Utah with uh, Arizona, with uh, WSU, you know, go to Dashboards TV on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Oh, and TikTok, TikTok, keeping up with the the younger crowd. Uh, and check out our own website at dashsports.tv. From me, your new bald Beaver Dash host, I'm Morgan Heffelfinger. I'm Gus Light. Terry Baker still needs a wheelchair. Adios, everybody. <laughs>